This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. The Talksport Fan Network is proudly supported by Muck Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Muck Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with Muck Delivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. See, it's not a binary choice. It's not a binary thing. I'm not jarred in, but... I don't want to just nail my sort of colours to the mass Jared out either because it's almost like watching like a, a, a series, like a box set series if there's nine seasons in it and you're like, you're four seasons in and you just, you want to know, is it going to get any better? You don't want to, admit, <laughs> you, you don't want to admit the four seasons of your life that you've just watched, you know, or just wasted time I'm, of your I'm life. I'm amazed, I'm amazed you got to four seasons of a nine uh, <laughs> I'm surprised that you did without getting them canned before they got to the second series. I think a better analogy would have been your, your two seasons into a five season show yeah because <laughs> <laughs> i think by four yeah i think by three you know yeah um, the bear box set gets thrown out the window <laughs> yeah <laughs> bedtime with bears in the bargain basement <laughs> steven you knob jockey <laughs> Welcome to the My Old Man Said podcast. I'm David Michael, the editor of MyOldManSaid.com and your host. Joining me on the, uh, some people have suggested it's the uh, Gerard Inn podcast, Mr. Chris Bird, Mr. Phil Shaw, welcome. Hello, mate. Hello. How are you? Hello. Hello. Not too bad. I've just got back from an evening with uh, Christian Perslow. Oh, an uh, audience. Actually. Yeah, it was... I nearly said the big man then, but... <laughs> That would be right. Would be no. wrong. <laughs> it was uh, the fourth consultation on this badge, the, ah, the yes. final final one, and uh, Mr. Perslow popped in. Operation rebrand, indeed. Uh, we had uh, got to tell him a few home truths, and uh, we had a discussion as well as the badge uh, regarding uh, the current situation. And uh, I'll, I'll talk more about that uh, on a members uh, only uh, podcast. Uh, obviously, you've got to be respectful. Uh, to the situation i uh, i did say to him because uh, we were talking about uh, the vote on this badge and when to drop it and you know when to put it out there and i was saying you know how pretty much uh, the climate at the moment is probably not the best because everything any comes from the club is getting lynched and i did actually say that uh, the ne- negative feeling is actually now being directed to him which uh, <laughs> he had no idea and uh, <laughs> He said I was the first person to say that to him. And I said, well, uh, you know, people see you as 
He won't be the last. No. People say he was symbiotic with Gerard. He said, well, I've been symbiotic with all my managers. And I said, yeah, but there's a bit of a more of a direct link with the Liverpool situation. So uh, this is not my first uh, CEO to uh, come under flack. So you know how these things kind of play out. Yeah, they're not saying boo, they're saying boo earns, boo earns. Uh, It's a classic Simpsons. But but anyway, more of that later and uh, more about the badge uh, later. We'll we'll talk about that. We'll talk about uh, the situation, what what I've learned from my update meeting, obviously, with the CEO, how the situation is uh, sitting. Apparently, uh, Gerard out has, has not even crossed his mind, he said. Now, that's either a very good blag. Bluff, yeah. Or just mind-blowingly out of touch <laughs> well yeah there is that and uh as i said if uh, we get hammered by chelsea i think he'll notice uh, a temperature in the room you know change in the or temperature of the stadium uh, more more uh aptly change uh, at villa park uh, this weekend anyway coming up uh, we'll get into latest news including that badge uh, situation the final countdown before uh, looking at the medium up it's the three points and then we'll, we'll talk about rather than going over that game i really don't want to talk about that game uh, too much we'll talk about the situation and uh what may or may not happen and the the bigger picture but uh, without further ado uh we we don't want to talk about Stephen the bear just yet so we'll get straight into uh, the villa news So the badge is down to uh, the final two options. There's essentially the gas lamp, which is really a shield. It's just the lion Aston Villa at the top in yellow writing. Then uh, claret shield background with a with a blue lion. And then there's the round badge. Now uh, the round badge was originally claret lion on a sky blue background with a ye- one yellow ring outline with Aston Villa in sky blue. Now I said at the the previous meeting that the Aston Villa just doesn't pop out. You can't see it. And you know they show you different examples of context. So for example the badge in the background of a, the BBC studio, the badge in the background of Sky or you know wherever. And I said the, it just doesn't pop out this meeting they've changed it to yellow uh, as i as i suggested and uh, they keep saying the same word that i use pop out oh, so we did we changed it to yellow so it pops out now they did a tr- tribute the uh, the change to uh, the group i mean you know and perslow said oh yeah we, we changed it after what was said in this group uh, and you know they're, they're saying the same words back to me what i said to them so there's a bit of legacy i might have uh, the color of aston villa was my idea am i happy with both of the badges uh, i think the badge doesn't look too bad the round one doesn't look too bad on the shirt the shield well, i'm i'm i mean i'm i'm kind of a bit it feels like a defeat that we've just gone back to the round badge although you know everybody's kind of clamoring for it it is that favoritism it is uh people of a certain age but also uh you know over, as, as perslow said over 35 percent of badges of the 92 league clubs are round badges it's like it's kind of nothing different if you know what i mean the shield badge as i pointed out is a little bit uh, Middlesbrough because it's shield with a rampaging line in the middle of it because they were trying to make out it's unique and I like the idea of it having a new unique shape I mean I think everybody uh, kind of likes that in terms of standing out mm-hmm. so that is a factor but 
you know, it's it's not that unique. And you wouldn't know it's a lamp if nobody told you gas lamp. You would just think it's a shield. As I've said on, you know, social media, it's like a medieval shield. But that vote will go uh, out. There'll also be apparently a vote on whether you want to change it or just keep the current one and maybe address the situation later. There's a school of thought, and I I certainly uh, thought that maybe now's not the greatest time to have like sober minds on this because some people don't seem to be able to contextualise that this has got nothing to do with on the pitch. It's like, you support the club, that's an ongoing thing, and that's you know, as as a supporter, you should have a concern over you know things like the heritage, the badge, and and its development off the pitch as well as what's happening on the pitch. I mean, obviously, the meat and gravy of being a football supporter is what happens on the pitch. But if you're you know close to your club, then uh, you should be able to maybe uh, split it in your mind that uh, just because things aren't going right on the pitch, that means you have to poo-poo everything off it. If you know what I mean. Well, you want progress in all areas, don't you? Sometimes it's not always going to be, you know, an upward trajectory in everything yeah. all the time. Yeah, and uh, considering what's been happening at Villa for the last ten years, uh, waiting for a, uh, a smooth path to start doing things like this, uh, you could be waiting for ages. It's, <laughs> it's like it's unpredictable. So they're going to go for it, and I think they'll go for it just before the Chelsea game. I said if you wait after the Chelsea game, uh, if we get thumped by Chelsea, then that unbeaten run's going to and I use the exact word phrase of it's going to go up faster than a Chinese lantern. Fair. If you beat Chelsea, then that's the kind of statement wins that Gerard needs now. It's it's no use kind of just struggling and getting draws here and there. He needs to change hearts and minds. And uh, I don't care what people say. Uh, they can be Gerard out, Gerard out. But if, if he beats Chelsea, beats Newcastle and does the double over Manchester United, then I would be saying, yeah, I think it should come a crack uh, second half of the season. But we'll get into that more uh, about what the context really is behind the scenes there uh, in in the main bit of the show. In terms of uh, canon injury news... While we're here, Perslow did uh, suggest that uh, Camaro will be back after the World Cup and uh, Diego Carlos, who I think they're really uh, pissed off about getting injured because he was a key player and his injury actually seems to be of a psychological effect on on the team. Perslow actually said if he could speak English, he'd be the captain. But he's uh, looking, they reckon, to be fit in January. So there's a good chance he will play uh, a big chunk of those 20 games after uh, the World Cup. Anyway, meanwhile, the under-21s lost 2-0 away at Southampton. You may have uh, read somewhere... Aston Villa.wtf week before it was mentioned anywhere else. Uh, Pink will play Villa Park uh, 13th of uh, June next year. Double double concert with Springsteen to uh, get some extra coffers in there to uh, probably buy a roof for the uh, North Stand. <laughs> Bit of severance pay. Yeah. Ooh. ooh. <laughs> if we... Uh, if we get that far, yeah, oh, it's, it's so tempting to say, but what happens if we get relegated in these meetings? <laughs> <laughs> really? I mean, I did say it to some of the other staff, but uh, maybe it's one for uh, later because that surely puts a, I mean, imagine you changing to a new badge for starters and the first time it's going to be used is uh, in the championship. Uh, the uh, idea like Rotherham of, away or something. Yeah, the idea of getting the badge sorted out uh, by the end of October is so it can be on the new kit next season. That's why uh, it's, uh, that's what the timeline is 
on it. But yeah, that, I think that stadium gets put on hold, the uh, the revamp, because it's just not going to work in the championship. But anyway, hopefully we don't have to... Uh, what, not with our uh, waiting list of like 500,000 or whatever it is. We won't even have to consider that. Anyway, uh, finally, uh, Manchester United away, still on sale, general sale. It's about 200 tickets left at the time of this recording this pod. Uh, I think that is kind of apathy setting in because I think that would have probably have gone if we'd uh, won a couple more uh, games over the last few weeks. Yeah, I mean, the fact that you know it went to, what, 30,000 season ticket holders, a big chunk of which have complained they can't get to an away game. You'd have thought people yeah. would have been like, well, yeah, admittedly, it doesn't go towards your away history. So a lot of people are like, well, what, what do I gain by going on a Thursday night to Old Trafford? Well, I, I would say... If uh, we beat Manchester United and we end up at Wembley, it will count for something in terms of allocation of tickets because they do uh, consider cup games. You know, it would be like uh, season ticket holders plus three cup games or plus two cup games. So it does give you, it would give you a head heads up over a uh, just a season ticket holder who hasn't been to any cup games. So that's how I kind of see it. I think if you go to one... I think a lot of people go to the semi-final if we got to the semi-final. So if you've been to any other game apart from that semi-final, I think that gives you will give you a legitimate head start in terms of Wembley final tickets. We're getting ahead of ourselves, but uh, <laughs> that's the benefit I, I see. Uh, if you're on the on the fence with that one, I'm hoping it's a one-off game and there'll be fireworks. And uh, regardless of what's happening, we'll have a you know proper go at them as a one-off. Hopefully, uh, it will be entertaining. Right, uh, moving on to uh, Media Muppets. What have you got, Mr. Fulshaw? Well, I'll keep it short this week. I'm just going with the headline only from the Birmingham Mail. Manager talks left Aston Villa star Tyrone Mings in tears. So... What could this mean? I know, re- reading the room, the put out in the middle of the current situation, obviously its intention is to mislead Villa fans into thinking Gerard has reduced Mings to tears. Yeah. Um, it actually does a disservice to the social media clip that they're talking about. It's one Mings shared in his own social media about his darkest time when he suffered knee ligament damage playing for Bournemouth. It's got absolutely nothing to do with his relationship with the current current Aston Villa manager, Stephen Gerrard. See how they play on your emotions. It's it's sinister, really, isn't it? It's really sinister how, yeah. uh, how they get the clicks. That's all we're going to say on that one right three points uh body cam trial is mooted for grassroots referees uh, next year the fa have said this is mainly triggered by uh well bans being handed out to 380 players and coaches for attacking or threatening the referee and match officials in uh, English grassroots uh, football last season you've heard of like uh the, like soccer dads and soccer mums uh who, I mean, especially now with the money that they can see that their son or daughter can, well, son mainly, can potentially earn. You know, they're out, they start to really, uh, almost like pageant mums or oh, yeah. like pageant parents. They really push and rollick their kids and shout at them. But it's getting rough for referees. I mean, apparently one game last season, uh, one cup final between sides from Blackburn and Old- Oldham, saw a referee knocked to the ground and up to 20 people punching him. So, yeah. uh, and somebody said it's getting to the point where they would not be surprised if a referee was killed in the near future. It's bonkers, mate. And this is happening, you know, down under 11, under, you know, under 14s, as we are saying, like the pageant parents going crazy. I, I thought it was something that had kind of blown over, but it's apparently it's, it's intensified. But I think it is linked to, because uh, in my days, uh, you know, under 14s, under 13, you're just playing football, aren't you? 
But yeah. I think now parents are like saying, my Johnny's going to be a fucking pro footballer and he's going to sort us all out. He's going to buy me a house. That's the motivation now. And that's why uh, it's getting uh, horrendous. Which I suppose is a bit sinister in a different way. Yeah. It's also like frustrations boiled over from the parents' own field, like football and careers, that they're putting everything into the children then. Yeah, but I think there's a bigger carrot nowadays. It's all this this chance to be a millionaire type thing. But anyway, we, we could go on about this. Point number two, UEFA have decided against expanding European the European Championship. It's, it would be getting a bit ridiculous if they expanded it from 24 teams to 32 because there only really is 55 teams qualifying for it. For nearly everybody would get in. Even Northern Ireland would get in. That'd be I mean, even I'm against we can't, it. We can't have that. We can't. We can't <laughs> have that. We can't have that dilution of quality uh, happening on on our watch. Uh, I think, uh, in terms of the groups which were announced, uh, Northern Ireland actually have a feasible group. I mean, always outsiders, but you know, it's better than. It's- uh, then let's say Ireland's group. I mean, Ireland, yes, are, in a, Ireland are in a very sexy group. Uh, if you're a, an away fan and you follow Ireland around, I mean, you get to go to Gibraltar, Greece, Amsterdam in the Netherlands, and France as well. So you've got no chance of qualifying, I would say, but uh, good good times. I think England are mostly looking forward to Malta away just for the, uh, for the holes. Nice place, uh, Malta. Yeah. Uh, also got Ukraine and Italy, who they've they've played a bit. Well, they've played them both in the last Euros. Right. Uh, point number three, Panini sticker shortage in Argentina has made it to government level. Why has it made it to government level? Well, there's a shortage of Panini stickers. That's the, the, the short of the story. Um, just an interesting stat on this, this. They've worked out that the average cost in the UK to fill a Panini sticker album is £870. But in Argentina, you know, they're they're football mad, obviously, in the World Cup coming up. Panini have changed their distribution model. It used to be they only put um, the Panini stickers in their sweet shops in Argentina called Quiescos. Um, right. But now they're selling it in all over the place, but they don't seem to have increased the stock level. Any, so they've spread the stock thinner and people aren't able to get them. So has this caused like outrage? Yeah, it's caused outrage. And um, the government in Argentina, their trade secretary, Matthias Tombolini, he was calling a, pami- a meeting with Panini executives and sweet shop res- representatives to try and solve it. But it was abandoned after a social media backlash, basically saying that there's a hundred percent inflation in the country. You've got bigger fish to fry than panini stickers, <laughs> football stickers. Surely not. First world problems, panini yeah. stickers. Surely. Yeah, but basically it's dead supply and demand. People are getting in with the distributors and just buying them in bulk and then selling them online for up to ten times the price for a packet. Right. I mean, that's what I'm doing. <laughs> <laughs> right. I've, I'm just booking a flight to Argentina. Actually, a couple of suitcases full of paninis, uh, panini stickers. Uh, Set me up for 2023. Before we go on the Chelsea game, if you uh, can't find, is it 50 quid, 55 pounds to Probably pay? Probably for a Category A ticket, yeah. <laughs> if you don't want to get fleeced at Villa Park, uh, then why not watch it down the pub? The show is brought to you by Green King, your home of pub sport. With over 900 sports pubs across the country, Green King is where the fans go, showing every broadcast game for Aston Villa. Head down to your nearest pub, because surely you can only uh, watch this game uh, against Chelsea uh, with at least three or four pints down you. Head down to your nearest <laughs> pub, and you can enjoy every live sporting event from BT and Sky Sports on tap. 
Now, here's the kicker. Gather your friends, because if you download the Green King season ticket app, you can receive a free drink when you register. That's pretty much you get a in-the-app in voucher. So there's a free drink. That's one of the drinks you will need to watch this game. Then you also get 10% off uh, a great range of drinks one hour before, during, and after the match. So if you head over to the App Store and search season ticket, uh, it pretty much should come up, the Green King season ticket app. If you use the promo code MOMS, M-O-M-S, as a listener of the show, you will get an additional £5 off when you spend £15 on drinks. So if you do the maths on this, work it out, get a few friends together, each download it, do the MOMS thing. I don't get any extra or anything for if you use MOMS, but it will get you £5 off when you spend £15. So uh, you get a free drink with the app and then pretty much £5 is pretty much a free drink as well. And uh, enough rounds, and everybody will get a free drink. Does that make sense, Chris Bud? It does, David Michael. To the pub. It will help you uh, if that game yeah. swings the wrong way and that that unbeaten run goes up like a Chinese lantern. Then uh, at least you would have had uh, a couple of free drinks. At yes, down your paint every time the set piece hits the wall. <laughs> I've got some info on that. Uh, let's shall we get to it? Uh, yeah, let's. let's. So the forest game. Oh. Well, let's get straight to the free kick, shall we? Let's do that, yeah. I, I do a BBC Sports, uh, it's like a mini column every Tuesday. I mean, I basically did it riffing on what uh, Gerard said about uh, he needs some magic from his from his players. And I said, well, uh, they need to fulfill their role as footballers before they uh, become magicians. <laughs> yeah. Because, you know, free kicks are going into the wall. You've got like overhit crosses that are going off for throw-ins. I mean, these are like frustrating things on top of the kind of tactical ineptitude where we, we've seen for a long time now. Now, Perslow actually said, uh, when Villa practice free kicks, and we're talking, you know, the, the free kick takers, the Coutinho's, the uh, Louise's, and, uh, and most football teams will do this, uh, you know, the wall they set, those kind of steel, steel walls, mm-hmm. they set them eight yards away from the ball. So, Obviously, regulation players are going to get back 10 yards. So they do it eight because in anticipation of the players kind of obviously uh, shuffling forward. Also, the height of that those metal men walls are uh, about three inches higher than what would be the highest player. You know, I, I would I would have say I'm, I'm saying they're probably pitched up at, you know, six foot seven, six foot eight. So higher than, you know, you, you're six foot four by about three inches. So allegedly, Coutinho, Louise, get it up and over that wall and, and into the back and that 75, 80% of the time, allegedly. <sighs> okay. So against Forrest, they were measuring the Forrest wall away from our free kick. And uh, apparently on three occasions, uh, measured 6.5 yards, 5.8, 5.7 when the ball was kicked. So that's why the ball wasn't clearing the wall. And you're thinking, well, because there was a lot of excuses for why we didn't beat Forrest. What, what it was saying to me, and, I, and I'm just sitting there going, well, it, it doesn't really matter because it's all ifs, ifs we and were buts. shit. It's all ifs and buts, but I'm sorry. But uh, if you turn up at that game, because there was desperation in the air. I mean, you just look at the bloody substitutions and how that unfolded. But there was desperation in the air. And we needed to go there a lot more composed a lot cooler head headed because you can see the pressures getting to the, the players now and just execute forest. They were there for the execution and be wise on the pitch. Say to the referee, look, look, 
I'm about to take his free kick. Look at the, you know, do the feint, do the fake, let them come and then point it out to the ref. The ref will always take the wall back. If you can trick the wall into coming forward, the ref will take the wall back. Just be a bit more savvy because yeah. you can't complain after. I mean, personally, you can sit there and say, yeah, we've done all the maths on it and blah, blah, blah. It's like, well, I don't care if it's 5.7, 6.5, one point. That's all I'm seeing. And barely a shot on target. Exactly. Two, two shots on target. So... A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board certified physicians who can prescribe FDA approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Plushcare.com slash weight loss. Picture the scene. All of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. I mean, you know, we're talking about the subs. I mean, we're not going to go through this game because uh, we'll just pick bits out. Archer apparently uh, is not fit. Gerard's a big fan of Archer and personally said he, he would ideally want to would like to be playing him, you know, 20 minutes at the end of games so when, when an impact's needed. And, he, you know, he is a big fan of Archer, but apparently he's, he's still injured. That's why you're, you know, that's why you're seeing him for the last 10 minutes or whatever. He's not 100% at the moment, I think, or else he'd be getting a lot more game time. That still wasn't the problem against Forrest. I mean, let's let's be honest here. No. The, 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 where do you start with the problems against Forrest? It was just, it was just flat. The, the, I mean, flats being kind to the, to the performance, I, you don't know what was going on. I mean, the ball didn't seem to be, it wasn't fizzing about the pitch. The, it was just passed along the back lines. It was going out. Uh, a couple of times it went to cash, got put in, and his, his delivery wasn't great. I mean, one of his, his deliveries ended up nearly at the corner flag. But even so, it's... A, Let's put some context in this. Forrest... Five four one straight off. Just they were just going. We need yeah. to change the narrative of five straight losses, and they were playing for a point from the off. They, they were playing for a point from the off, but you can. I was surprised at how deep Forest sat straight away. That should have been Villa's signal to go right, get after them here. I mean, if, if Villa sat that deep, a, a team would get after Villa. So I mean, I don't know why they don't just s- yeah, see remember, this. Remember that Liverpool game at Villa Park where. They had us camped back and they were just taking the ball to the edge of the 18 and in the corners and basically putting that diagonal ball to the back post. And they did, did it relentlessly until we caved in. That's what I would want to see against Forrest. If, oh, you want to play deep? Well, we're just going to put the screws on you and we'll and wear, you down, and wear you yep. down until you crack. And we're going to commit men into the penalty area. The big thing is, I mean, and we, we've sort of um, said this is more less about the Forest game, more about a broader context, but we've been saying this for all calendar year, yeah. the lack of belief in the players, in whatever the plan is. I'm not, you know, I don't believe there's no plan. It's just clearly not a very good one. I just, I cannot fathom that those players believe in the plan that they're trying to execute because they've got so little 
conviction in their decisions, especially in the final third, and lacking so much confidence. Now, you look at, bless him, Ollie Watkins, who runs tirelessly and works hard, and we love him for it, but he's just lacking so much confidence. Coutinho looks low on confidence. McGinn looks shot to pieces since he's had the captaincy, and it was already pretty... Um... Let's say... From uh, my conversations, it, it's you know it's a big thing that Coutinho and McGinn aren't ticking at this moment. Yeah, and the collective—that's the big thing. I mean, yeah, certainly in Match Club, we all discussed that it wasn't really any one player's fault for that result. Same with the Leeds one and, and other things this season, but just collectively, you know, tactically, the system, the tempo, the flow of the team is better. I'd also actually we, we haven't mentioned this one much recently, but this sort of current narrative around we've we've sorted out the back four is kind of misleading because we have in a way, but let's be frank, other than the Man City game, Southampton barely offered a sniff at Villa Park, Leeds barely offered much at Ellen Road, and Forrest barely did either. Yeah. It wasn't like we were tested defensively. And actually, when we were, we caved in from a set piece again, which was things we were seeing last season. It was the things we were seeing on the first day of the season at Bournemouth, which was a huge red flag. I mean, I, I am kind of uh, buoyed by the fact that teams currently seem to be playing us on our paper value and we've said this oh, they're before completely over-respected, yeah. aren't we? because everton west ham this is at villa park and then you look at forest and and you look at leeds a little bit southampton you, for sure southampton you're thinking why aren't you having a go at us because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> we, 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 once you get us under pressure we shit our pants so this is interesting but we haven't taken advantage of it and that's what's frustrating because we just don't have I just, I, you wonder why they don't have the confidence it's and it, you, you can't help but put it down to the, the manager, the plan, the tactics, the coaching, and all the stuff that we've kind of been, you know, for all the j- joking about being, uh, you know, people thinking, oh, you're the Gerard in podcast. The reality is we've been, we've been so critical and we've all said it. It's like a fucking broken record. We've been, as, as I'm sure every other podcast and even broader press, it's the same shit every week. These aren't new, these aren't new problems, are they? Well, no, it's like, well, I want Villa to uh, turn the fucking corner. I haven't got any personal agenda against anybody. And there's a bigger picture with Gerard because if Gerard gets it right, then his cachet makes Villa big because we can attract. And we're up against not only that top six, we're up against fucking Newcastle now in terms of attracting players. And West Ham have been spending money. Everton are about to saw, build a new ground as well. What you saw the last window, we got players that we had no right to get. Carlos, yeah. Kamara, who Kamara is another, you know, he's 25 million normally if we didn't, people were sleeping on him. And that's we, personally we alluded to in. that, didn't he? They said we had no right getting those guys really. Yeah. So that's what Gerard gives you. So I'm prepared. And this is going back to the Leeds game. If he's, you know, you're seeing, okay, a bit of positive, you know, positive results here, tightening up a bit, good result against Manchester. You're seeing, you're seeing in that collection of games, Okay, you, you kind of show me enough that probably won't get relegated because we're with people seem to overrespect us. We seem to be resolute, and we just need these guys to fucking earn their wages and uh, get a bit of confidence and you know play with a bit more uh, free, freedom, really. And uh, yeah. and so you think, okay, because the upside is a lot with Gerard if it gets right, and you know I'm not, I don't I don't care of petty petty dislike of him or whatever. If he turns into a winning manager and he's pulling in the kind of players that give us an edge to get into Europe, then that's what he can be the biggest jerk ever. I don't I don't care. It's results. But yeah, think- uh, you think if they beat Forest, they jump to ninth, 
and then suddenly you've got a four game, four unbeaten game run with two wins in it, and you're ninth in the league. And it's like, well, actually, we've budgeted for like eighth, seventh. We're fucking actually close to where we are hopefully intending to finish. So you can't shit the bed over that. So there's that. But then you see what happened against Forest and you go, oh, fucking hell. Yeah. Help like yourself. yourself. Help yourself. blew it. That's what it is. You absolutely blew it. I mean, because it doesn't get any easier now. No. No, no, because you've, 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 you've fumbled your easier games now and, and fumbled them in pretty, the, the broader context is pretty bad in a bad way. Now you've got to go and, you know, you're going to have to go to places like St. James's, play Man United, get results, Chelsea, Brentford, who, you know, what is it? I don't think we've beaten them in eight attempts or something. Might yeah, be Brent, Brentford and Fulham are the sticky for Villa, sticky Fulham, games. Fulham, Fulham away could be a really ugly one for Gerard because that ain't a good look if you were to go there and fail to beat the other newly promoted side. Bear in mind, you've already played two of them and got a measly point and barely had a shot on target. But anyway, regardless of those games, I mean, so, so you're thinking, well, you know, what, what is going wrong here? I mean... Tactical ineptitude. We've 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 mentioned that, but also I'm sorry, but some of these players uh, personally mentioned this this pressure that they're now feeling, and he said, "Well, maybe Cash, you know, once he gets put through and bombs through, maybe he looks up and, and picks out a player to cross to rather than just hitting it as you know fizzing it over." And you're thinking, "Well, it's, he's been doing that constantly. This is just not a one-off event." Yeah, to begin with, it was like, "Oh, there's plenty of potential there." Diamond in the rough. We can coach that yeah. into him, and you're sort of you're three years into that exercise now, aren't you? And he's getting worse, if anything, because he had started to produce towards the back end of last season. Now, in terms of overall picture, there seems to be an emphasis on the, the Carlos signing was something that got people excited uh, within the club and how he was performing in Australia. There was a feeling that this was a serious upgrade, and uh, that kind of instilled in the players in their confidence going forward, and then shock. They call it a shock defeat against Bournemouth, but I think opening game of the season's fair game against any anybody. You yeah, can get beat can pretty much by anybody. And then to lose him in the next game uh, against Everton, Carlos, there seems to be the uh, the idea that that hit the, the squad mentally. And then it was like, ah, we thought this was the uh, the foot up this season. Certainly one, you know, then you get the double one, two and Kamara's gone. And then it's like a reset. And you basically, the same problems it's almost like we're watching the same team from last season, same well, issues. We basically are. Now, I argue, I would argue, you know, and in, in this is against Gerard, would be there's enough depth in there and talent to get a tune out of this team because <sighs> far less teams. I mean, I've you know, well above us last I've season and this season. Watch Lincoln City go charge through the FA Cup, knocking out teams two or three divisions above them, including Premier League teams. Forrest were beating Premier League teams regularly in their cup run last season. If you get organised and have a go, and our, the talent at our disposal is way and above, yeah, we've got some problems. We've still got that number eight problem, especially now. But we did buy Dendonka. Why did we buy him? I don't understand. If He, do, he needs to start, really. Yeah. Now, what worried me about the Forest game, I said it in Match Club as well, I mean, you say, like, Jared's tactical problems. I mean, that is the scenario that Jared would have faced when he was Rangers manager Every week in Scotland, apart from when he played Celtic, you would have been you would have been the superior team, and you would have had to break down a team that were playing for a draw at best. And he managed to do it there. What, why did it just look so toothless against Forest? That is a good point. Actually, it's like you can you can belittle uh, Rangers, the Scottish league, and his efforts there. But as as you quite rightly put out, that was pretty pretty much the remit every week. Was right. There's a team 
damage limitation, they're sitting back. He must have a, a formula to break this down. Yeah. And it was like, you can't, it's completely devoid or directionless against Forrest. And then when you get to the post-match comments relying on a, what was it, a moment of magic, you just think you surely can't have that as your plan to execute. Right, we just need anyone, if you can just bring, give me a bit of glitter, please, that would be great. I mean, that is painful. That's the sort of thing that when, you know, when the fans see that, and even the press seat, you're kind of just scratching your head going, oh, mate, again, help yourself, mate. That's why Fucking I wrote that hell. thing in the BBC. Uh, I just riffed on that magic thing and at the end said, uh, mm. in short, Gerard's is going to need some magic to stay at Villa. He is because, unfortunately, um, you're looking for evidence of <laughs> hashtag continual improvement. And, you know, the more you zoom out, you know, individual games are what they are. Yeah, you're going to have bumps in the road again and it can happen against anyone. But the further you zoom out and the wins in X games, etc., and you even go back to like, the calendar year, you can pick probably on one hand the good performances, the games we yeah. thought oh, might be a bit of pro- progress there. You just Everyone's looking at it now. Even the most moderate Villa fans, and I'd like to think we're probably some of them, you think um, you just shrug your shoulders, you're like, I don't get it. And, th- and then that's when the sort of the apathy where fans c- sort of see, and you see that on Twitter where it's like, oh, I can't really be asked to go on Sunday against Chelsea. I'm not enjoying this. Because fundamentally, football is meant to be entertainment, escapism from the... Yeah, well, life, which is pretty shit at the minute for a lot of people. And you think, fucking hell, at least have a go and entertain me. That's get, the bare getting, minimum. You're getting paid fucking millions. And, and by go. the way, I mean, this club, we've had a bit of a fake honeymoon period with the new owners, and we still call them new owners. Uh, we've had three years of shit in the championship after dredging around and stinking out the Premier League. And we only got up. I mean, we were in the shit in that third season and we only got up because of some literally magic from Grealish coming yeah. back, 10-game run. But we scraped through the playoffs. I mean, we're talking, we're Aston Villa. We're scraping through the playoffs. Then we scraped to stay in, you know, we pulled off a minor miracle, four games to go, seven points adrift to stay in the league. Then we're scrimping around mid-table. This is not a golden era of Aston Villa. This is like... We are looking for our saving grace was winning that playoff trophy. Now, we had a fan consultation group meeting and they brought that trophy up and they put it on the table and they said, anybody want a picture with it? And, you know, certain people got up and there was me and I think somebody else. And we, and, and we say, well, we don't want to touch that trophy because it quite frankly is below us as a team and we should not be celebrating this as if this is, I mean, it's a great day out. It was a great day out. We're not, not taking that away, but I'm saying as an achievement, and uh, the only thing, it was relief rather than achievement. We got promoted. We needed to get promoted or else the club was, you know, kind of fannying around. But we're, we're working, we've been working on scraps as supporters. So you can't sell us any bullshit. And I'm sitting there in this meeting with Perslow and, you know, it was always a, it's always a good chat. And, you know, you know, I'm one of the only ones who will challenge him on matters but this i don't know he said that the idea of uh, gerard uh, getting rid of gerard never crossed his mind but when it seems to be the undertone of talking to other staff shall we say they realize it's like this is not good this is not working and they no. don't like working in the same old shit every you know every day the same well, old situation it's them, it's them who day-to-day probably get it more in the neck than him yeah it's draining it's got to be draining yeah. You're putting out social media posts, you're getting all this shit back. You're trying to spin it so it's positive. There's an overall objective, obviously. You want to increase the fan base. There is a race at the moment between Premier League clubs to get into that 
international market, predominantly like, you know, the Chinese market, for example, opened up a new TV deal. And there is a race on to get the five to 10 year old to, when they're watching TV, identify with that club, buy into it and become a fan for life. And you, didn't, you ain't buying into watching Villa at the minute, are you? No. That's why you're having a badge rebrand. That's why Aston Villa is getting in the badge again and AVC is getting kicked off. This is all part of that chase. I mean, we're, it's all about business now. I don't want, this is what I'm going, circling back to the Gerard situation. Is Gerard, is he the owner's trump card? Perslow's trump card. The ca- instant cachet gives Villa gravitas within the league. Now, if they get rid of him, are they shrugging their shoulders and going, ah, I think we should just run this as a business now. Try to expand the fan base, make money. If we can get some moderate success, because at the you know when they took over, the the you had a feeling you know you're reading about uh, Wes Edens and Milwaukee Bucks, where he's basically saying uh, you know he's ha- having a meeting with existing members when he there was a change of ownership in 2014, and he's saying anybody in the room that doesn't think that it's a reasonable goal for us to win the NBA championship because we're a small market should just leave now. If you really believe it and you don't leave, I'll find you and we'll ask you to leave because that's the goal period. And when you see something like that, then you think, yes, you know, there's a reason why they're standing on the center circle with the European Cup. That's where they want to go. They want to get Villa in the European places because that's the narrative. When I, you know, I sat down with those two when they when they took over and I said, why did you go for Villa instead of uh, into Miami? Because, you know, he was in talks with Beckham for that. And he said, the ceiling's higher champions league makes the ceiling higher so this is somebody who does relish the sporting element of it and i think that that's why that's what they saw in gerard as the the big upside now it's all right you know when i say cut your nose off to spite your face i don't mean like oh we shouldn't sack gerard because you know if this continues then you've got to you've got to change you've got to change something and he's on very very thin ice now but you need what is the plan after? Because the reason why we got him also was the was fuck all around at the time. Yeah. <clears throat> Whereas at the moment, you actually think the market might be there for if you're going to sack him, if slash when, there are guys out there who you, you can go to and go, like who? That is a, a step up. Yeah, but, come. but is, it's not a step up for him though. No, but it might be a last chance saloon. I don't think you look at him and go, well, if he wants to be in the Premier League and get the Premier League paycheck, where else is he going to go to? I don't think he's going to get a better gig than Villa at the moment. He's not getting anywhere near the top six. Newcastle is set with Howe. I think he can get a Champions League club in Europe. Probably. I've, I've sort of said that throughout, that I think that the problem would be if you were, if you were to wait until, say, the, the World Cup break, you're going to get stuck in a managerial merry-go-round with a lot of European clubs, big clubs who are maybe not where they want to be, going, hmm, if we're going to roll the dice, now's the time. I don't see that happening in the Premier League with the big the big clubs, they're all pretty set, aren't they? We had the the overhauls last year and in the summer. So Villa's maybe the best he's going to get at Premier League level, unless he maybe fancied a shot at Leicester if he went, if Rodgers went. <laughs> I mean, you only had to look at Spurs' social media when Arsenal beat them. Everybody was after Pot- oh, get Pochettino back, get rid of Conte. Yeah, but Conte's elite level manager. Most moderate fans are going to know that they are a better side with Conte there in the grand scheme of things. They were poor against Arsenal, but they're a, they are vastly improved at the moment. Yeah, but uh, I I still think he could get a a top job, probably. But that's what I mean. But I think there would there would be managers out there. In terms of my point is, if you were to get rid of Gerard tomorrow, could you go and get someone better? I think you could. In terms of someone who's actually capable of taking you from. But point somebody, a to somebody point like Pochettino is 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 for me is one of those two year managers tops. Yeah. If you know what I mean, I, he he wouldn't mean he would be there until 
say he did great at Villa, Real Madrid would be calling. I mean, but that would be the same at any manager with Villa, unless unless yeah, Villa did exceptional. I think Gerard would go on the journey. Uh, like Smith would have, you know, you, when you've got your man and the only thing that's going to take them away from you is like the England job or, you know, Liverpool or Manchester United, for example. That's the kind of manager I, I would be uh, happier with that would go on a journey with, that, you know, like Conti's, he's not going to be at Spurs very long, is he? He's kind of a serial two-year kind but of chap. knock him into shape. But Villa need knocking into shape and uh, carrying on because I, I I don't know if I can sort of carry on doing this two year one and a half year one year cycle of managers. But the the bigger picture is there's no point in this unless we are challenging for Europe. You've got to be pushing on. You know, there's no point in building new stands and rebuilding railways and city centre academies and all these like really large infrastructure. You know, ten year plus strategic decisions if you're fucking around on the field which let's be frank we are and it's funny you, know, you, you mentioned the analytics and you know we are analytics it's just overload isn't it in football but there aren't too many analytics you look at with Villa and you kind of go yep the graph's going in the right way there on pretty much any measure of a football team yeah. are a couple of defensive stats I mean was it, we've got the worst xg is it one of the worst xgs in the league I think we had the lowest ever, uh, lowest against Forest this season. All these like measurable things of this this team's going places. They're not. It's these you know the stats they're posting at the the minute Villa are um, that of a relegation team. Yeah, and this is this is it. It's it, it's when you look at the players, it's it's not an individual player you're you're bagging out of anymore. You can look across nearly every player in the team, probably except Ashley Young the minute and just go what are you doing what well, probably what, Mings to be fair I think Mings in the yeah. last few weeks I think well, he's vastly improved you just wonder it's, it's really it's what's their decision making process is their decision making process I'm not going to go above and beyond I'm not going to take the risk that my natural instincts are telling me yeah. to do I am going to play the safe ball I'm going to try and square it instead of shooting like Ramsey did I mean like I said he's, he's probably the only footballer in the world that wouldn't have shot when he got into position in the second half against Forrest yeah. Archer's header back across the box. Come on, natural instinct, confidence. You get you get to the point, and you know you, you try to stay rational, and but also you 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 you're also talking in terms of the reality of what the club will do. And you know from my experience tonight, uh, the guy who makes the decision, it's not even on his radar, or so he says, of what a lot of people were thinking. And it was news to him, and it was news to him when you know when I said. Uh, that there's vitriol against him because he's linked his historical links to Jared and he was completely unaware of that. Now, you know, obviously he's got yes men around him, but I'm, you know, I'm hoping that we beat Chelsea because that's what Gerard needs now. It's not just, uh, that's what we all need. He needs yeah. statement wins to re- resuscitate his chances of staying on because four wins out of 20, if that continues on that trajectory to the end of You're October, in he's in big fucking trouble. He knows. I mean, it. I've, he knows I've, it. By I've, the way, um, he's not yeah, sitting there he's... oblivious to the fact he knows it, and you can see it in his post-match in- interviews. He's under so much pressure. I mean, I've I highlighted it weeks ago. The body language, you know, the touching of the ear, touching of the nose. This is all uh, to basically show you're under pressure, and uh, it's a clear as day signal that he's has got anxiety about it. And as we said earlier, you know, relying on a piece of magic to get you out of trouble is not a sustainable. You know, in these kind of performances, because the reality is, you know, we could have we could have snatched the last minute winner at Leeds, slashed that you know last minute winner at Forest, put a little run of wins together, but you'd still look at it and go, we are playing atrociously, and in the long term, that just isn't sustainable. 
you know, I'm all for scrappy wins. You have to, that's part of achieving things, isn't it, in pretty much any sport. But going back to the, uh, no the, the getting the ball over the wall, the free kicks and the, fr- the, the wall moving forward. So it's like six yards, f- 5.8 yards, whatever. This happened three times. I mean, fool me once. That's not luck. It's like, fool me once. What's the saying? Fool me once, fool me twice. The third time, go and go and buy Declan Rice. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the you know third time uh, you have to look at yourself in that situation. Yeah, there's a yeah. lot of kicking a can down the road, and it's like you've got to be cleverer. This is, I mean, there it's almost like uh, there's a zombie esque kind of nature to this team. Yeah, but- a, a real fearful, isn't it? Well, we've we've said um we've said a few times, and it's been again, it's like a broken record. I'm bored of it. You're all bored of me saying this, but. Who is the guy who takes this team by the scruff of the neck? Who's the guy who dictates our tempo, our patterns of play? Well, it's meant to be McGinn. He's the captain, but he's yeah. uh, they, they all know that he's and- under the. Well, I, we said this. I mean, when I when I heard that he was captain, I thought oh, this this doesn't yeah, look like a sh- path. Shackle him even more. Doesn't look like a path I want to walk down. And you saw that by his attempted header thing it's that he complete did. Complete loss of just- confidence, isn't it? Yeah, apparently people are, that's that's been the talk of the training ground uh, over the last yeah. the day after. You know, in a Scotland shirt, that's getting his massive left boot smashed through, and it's taking the goalie in with it. That's the thing. There's there's so much on each individual player's mind that they're just going. They're just not making the right calls. But the interesting thing is, for, I mean, you know, from a Villa point of view, we've been in much more intense situations. The players have been under much more pressure than this. I mean, like playoff semi finals, etc. How the fuck we got out of relegation? It being more to the point, that's, you know, playoff semi final is kind of pressure of achieving, if you know what I mean. That one, well, and the pressure of staying seven, up having seven spent as points much as we to did. drift, four games to go. Now that is fucking pressure and lesser players, and we got through that. Now this situation is like, why are you feeling pressure? We, we're just in a situation where we're trying to find some momentum and get some rhythm going. Well, this and is a about style of play. Glass, it's like a going through a glass ceiling, isn't it? So what's what's the problem here? It's not as if you you know you need to win two games or else you're going to get relegated. I mean that scenario might happen further on in the season, but uh, they should be playing with a bit more freedom. So I mean that that's at the foot of Gerard because I, I think that with the players they're playing with that fear factor of they won't go to the, go to the edge of the line, will they? they? They won't engage the opposition. It's all. Very very safe. You saw it against Forest. It's all backwards and square along the battle. And Forest were just like, well, we, you know, it's the old low block as it gets called now. We'll just sit on our 18-yard line with a bank of five and a bank of four and you can just dick around with it along the back line all you want. We're not even going to bother pressing you. Um, but they're just so scared to make mistakes. It's almost like they know that various other players have been sort of chewed up in the media and their captaincy's taken off them and wherever else. I don't, you know, we don't, we aren't privy to what happens in the changing room or goes on at Bodymore Heath. But I can imagine Gerard is not want to, mince his, to, want to mince his words. Admittedly, a lot of the time you'd say fairly, but you think about, you know, we always used to talk about the Smith side uh, being built in the image of the manager. This can't be a Steven Gerrard team built in his image, unless this is the image of him as a manager. We think of Steven Gerrard as the all-action player who'd Squash carry the hopes. buckling. Yeah, and carry the hopes of a city and drag his team along kicking and screaming and that is not Villa at the minute. Which it's a real team with a real whimper. I think was it Roy Keane said they lack any courage. Like bottle. it's a horrible thing to say about footballers. Like they lack any fucking courage. Right. Like, anyway, before we play. go, give me a reason to be cheerful, Mister Philshaw. It might be over soon. 
<laughs> well, I don't think so. Not not from what person. No, because said. if you if you play devil's advocate and get in, try and get into the brain of Mister Perslow, um, Dean Smith was sacked after losing five games in a row. He's looking at Jared and going, oh, "What? We're four unbeaten. Why would I sack him?" That's he said at the AGM. We think we've turned a corner. I mean, this this is this is the mentality you get into. But um, the reason I'm positive is we've we've still got Ashley Young at the minute because he's. Even that shot he hit against Forrest, I mean... That's a great goal, he that was, one. He was the only one even... He would only be the only one to try a shot from there, probably, at the minute, because the rest of them are safe. They would, have, they would have taken it down, they would have passed it back and waited for it to be recycled. Well, put it this way, and I'll end on this. When we had uh, an FCG with uh, uh, Christian Perslow, and he was telling us the background to Dean Smith's departure, he said it became abundantly clear that not only would we not finish eighth this season, and I'm talking about last season, we would also not finish eighth the next season. And that's why ultimately they got rid of him. So we will probably have a uh, FCG meeting with uh, uh, Mr. Perslow uh, in the next few weeks. And (laughs) I will ask the same question. I will ask next season, do you think we'll finish eighth? With this manager, I mean, my, my final point, and you've you've said this um, previously. Villa are so fucking lucky at the minute that, frankly, so many teams around us, probably by the top two and a couple in the top four, top six, are half decent because everyone else in the league is scratching around for form. Last season, the way teams were playing, and definitely the season before, any hopes of sort of top six, top eight, Europe, any of that, that had long gone by now. Yeah, this is a hype league because the standard is uh, atrocious. <laughs> it's year. horrible. Yeah, look at the teams we've played: West Ham, Southampton. Dreadful. Everton, Everton, awful. Forest, Bournemouth Le- weren't even great on the opening day. Yeah, Leeds. N- none of these are teams that I mean that you should steamroll them all if you've got a half decent team. Yeah, but you know, weirdly, Liverpool are struggling like hell. Yeah, Leicester, West Ham, all the teams you, you wanted to sort of be in and amongst Wolves, all that sort of seventh, eighth, ninth, tenth from last year. I've all just dropped like a stone. And this is the problem, because when you look back on this and you talk about where Villa wanted to be and what they, who they bought for to achieve this, and you think, well, okay, yeah, apart from, you know, probably a midfielder, you pretty much got all the parts in place and the climate at the time in the Premier League was set up nicely for it because all these teams were fumbling around and you could have easily established yourself in the top six this season and you've dropped that catch big time so on that note all eyes chelsea either statement making win or nailing chinese lantern going up in flames (laughs) 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 to be continued until then it's goodbye from me and it's goodbye from them goodbye goodbye days are great but there's nothing quite like playing at home the same goes for mcdonald's maximize your home ground advantage with mcdelivery order now on the mcdonald's app at participating restaurants 18 plus serving times delivery fee and terms apply see mcdonald's.com hi i'm daniel founder of pretty litter cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter that's why i teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create pretty litter its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. 
This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.